Hello and welcome to Talkie Talk, the podcast for the media by us. My name is Brent. I'm here today with TJ Yo. and Chris. Yo. And we're going to be talking about homework from recent times here in November. Uh, our homework was Raging Bull. Martin Scorsese's 1980 uh, biopic of uh, Jake LaMotta, a real life boxer. And uh, we wanted to, I wanted to do this just sort of uh, as a, I don't know, a timely choice, hopefully, considering that uh, critics are raving about the soon-to-be-coming-to-Netflix movie The Irishman, which is also directed by Scorsese and apparently features uh, one of Robert De Niro's best performances in years, so. Yeah. Um, A little background on this movie, so... Uh, I want to say the story is Robert De Niro was handed a copy of Jake LaMotta's biography, mm-hmm. autobiography, in like 1974. And he was uh, basically just begged Martin Scorsese to make the movie. Scorsese had no interest in it. He gave him a copy of the book. Scorsese basically just ignored it and flipped through it over several years. And then... Uh, Basically agreed to produce the movie, but he was like, "This isn't me. I don't have it. It's a it's a boxing movie. Yeah. I don't really have any interest." And it was originally going to be more of a traditional childhood, right? Rising through the ranks, full life thing. Um, and then uh, Scorsese finally uh, sort of got more of a I don't know. He I forget exactly what clued him in more as to how screwed up Lamada was. But um, he took a lot more interest in that point. Got Paul Schrader involved yeah. in the writing process. Always, always a good thing. Yeah. And so it uh, came out in 1980, won two Academy Awards. It was nominated for like, I don't know, eight, eight or nine. Um, so really, there's uh, the, the plot on this is fairly easy to, to run down. It's... Uh, Jake Lamotta beats everyone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, including himself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's mostly, it starts, I guess it really starts in 1941 when he's just an up and coming boxer and he's married. He, I think the biggest things are he is, uh, he's extremely jealous. One of the most jealous characters I've ever seen in a movie. And he has severe sexual inadequacy issues and... So that drives him to lust after people he doesn't have and then not know how to deal with them once he has them. Right. Um, And he punishes himself by getting punished in the ring every now and then. So it's sort of about his story through the 1950s and then I guess as you get into the, like the 60s year, it's his post-career is, is there at the end of the movie. Tail end, yeah. Which is... Uh, he uh, puts on a, b- a bunch of weight, and uh, just curious if that's gonna. I don't know. Oh, for sure. <laughs> TJ's new pet bird is in the podcast now. Ow. I don't have a bird. There's a bird herd outside somewhere. A bird herd. The bird, bird is doing its impression yeah. of Jake Lamotta in prison. Where it's just like, ow, 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 um, So, yeah, he runs a nightclub for a bit. And uh, winds up going to jail for an obviously dumb thing that... For not paying attention to how old people are? Yes. That's a character flaw throughout the movie. (laughs) Even mattered in the 60s. Yeah. And uh, gets out of jail and keeps keeps trying to be a stage star. Like a monologue guy. Made a living doing that for a while. Yeah. And the real Jake LaMotta died in 2017. Yeah. He lived to be 95 years old. Yeah. Which is not what you would expect watching this movie. Uh, so anyway, we're going to we're gonna quickly put it through the gauntlet for Talk of Fame. And then if we have time, we'll talk a little bit about like what we like and don't like about Martin Scorsese. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Well, did you enjoy watching this movie? It's, a, it's not an enjoyable movie. Yeah. Because it's a character study about a... A monster, an animal. Yeah, uh, a misogynist philanderer, pedophile, uh, who is a self-flagellist and who 
kind of is a moron too. <laughs> like he's a dumb brute. Yeah, I don't really know what redeeming qualities he has. So like being forced to affix your eyes to him the whole time is not enjoyable. No, even when you thought he might, even with the time you felt bad for him, um, it's not an enjoyable thing. And he doesn't come back from that, really. Yeah. When he has to throw the fight or whatever. Yeah, I think Scorsese, he has a, a way of, like... Like, uh, Lamada's definitely the protagonist of the movie. Mm-hmm. But Scorsese does a really good job of keeping unlikable protagonists at a distance. Because you never really feel like you're supposed to, like, side with him. Yeah, and even, I know you said we talk about this at the end, but he even does that with, like, likable protagonists, I feel like, in some of his films. Yeah. Like, I never felt like I was seeing The the Departed through DiCaprio or Gangs of New York through DiCaprio. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Even, like, Lincoln. just felt like everything was kind of, I was watching a movie and not, you know... Like, being told what to think about what was happening. Lincoln's not him, though. But Yeah, it's... Um, but I would agree. Yeah. I, was, um, I went from Down Day Lewis to Down Day Lewis. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is... It's a hard movie to enjoy. Like, to enjoy the process of watching. Enjoyed watching De Niro. Yeah. Um, was the movie what you expected it to be? Because yeah. this was your first watch. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I picture the that the, the the black and white iconic slow mo of like boxers that he's fighting, like hitting the mat, and I knew that that was as much boxing as is in the movie. Um, and pretty much, I went in expecting this to be like part of the uh, like top line item for resume of Martin Scorsese, and I think it was that. Yeah, I, th- I guess I thought the boxing might have been better choreographed than it was going in. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I guess it, it felt a little... T- the only things I didn't expect were bad, I guess, which is not great for the movie. But And no, they weren't horrible. It was that, and like it felt a little too... There were things at times, like the film being in black and white, I kept asking myself why it was in black and white. I could never really answer that question. So I thought about that probably more than he wanted me to. So maybe that's on me. But at the same time, I just don't understand why it was. I mean, I guess, I, I, I still don't know why why he chose that. I don't know. Is he ever, is there, did they, I, I don't know, mention that or anything? I was trying not to read while I was watching it as much. Because um, I'm, curi- I'm curious about that as well. To me, it didn't really dis- distract from it, but it, uh... Yeah, but you, I th- Yeah, it didn't distract from it, but I still, you know, it's like, why wouldn't you? I feel like that's where you should start, once the technology is good enough, and then decide if you want to not. You know what I mean? Apparently, uh, there was, um... One of the reasons was Scorsese noticed that uh, film quality was degrading much faster than people thought color film was and knew that black and white would preserve longer, which I think is an interesting, very prescient uh, take. Um, But it also looks like uh, um, they can camouflage the color of blood for the censorship board, Um, partly why Raging Bull was shot in black and white. Uh, it looks like there's a lot of stuff, a lot of articles around uh, about why um, <clears throat> why it was in, in black and white. And it, it seems more subs- substance over style um, for the reasons why. Yeah, apparently they were, yeah, one night they were watching, showing footage, and uh, somebody pointed out that the gloves wouldn't have been red. Um, so Scorsese has said that as a reason to that hmm. it wasn't accurate so that makes me think maybe it, yeah it wasn't a cool stylistic choice but like a whoopsie yeah maybe kind of thing hmm. I just feel like some people see black and white movies and are just like cool yeah right and, uh, you know and that's part of the reason why. that he says is that is that he was distinguishing himself from 
a lot of movies that were bright and vibrant and colorful and like oversaturated color. Yeah. Um, and so do, making like an austere uh, black and white film uh, was too partially to set himself apart from other movies coming out at the time. Yeah, because I didn't know, I, I was trying to tie it into the story, and I mean, maybe you could argue that, like, LaMotta sees the world that way. Maybe. Like, there's just, there's not a whole lot of variable color in the way that he sees. I just feel like you could him. accomplish that better with color. No, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, having scenes colorful when they're happening, when things are good, or whatever, and yeah. not when things are bad, or whatever. I uh, did read a funny. Uh, anecdote, which was uh, apparently so. There, there are the 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 uh, there is color in the movie, and that's the uh, home videos. Yeah, uh-huh. um, and they, uh, I think it was uh, his editor. She was telling a story that um, they heard about. Or actually, they they went to a showing in New York, and the projectionist uh, before was um, cutting the movie. Yeah, on his own. And uh, they're like, what's, what's going on? And he was like, oh, the the distributor screwed up. This movie's supposed to be black and white. They left color in the print that they sent to me. So I'm cutting that out. <laughs> and so she was making the point that she was like, so technically projectionists were what we used to refer to as the final editors of all oh, movies. Because nice. <laughs> they could, you know, there's that movie, the Italian movie we watched about the, about the, projectionist you yeah know, editing stuff together right. never really thought about it that way but back in you know back in the day that really was the case yeah um what is this movie really like about so what's the you know what do you think drove them to tell the story of jake lamada it's a good question i mean it's a <laughs> it's an interesting story even if it's a downer so i think it, a lot of this i think it also, Scorsese's interest in the movie coincides with him nearly just like killing himself in the late 70s with Coke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think when he saw self-destruction or, you know, in himself, I think he suddenly took a lot more interest in this, like, mm-hmm. extremely self-destructive yeah. character. Um, and he is interesting. He is interesting. Yeah. Because of the way he does realize that he screwed up in a lot of instances. Yeah, he but, definitely comes across that as the guy who like feels bad because he got caught. Not, you know what I mean? I just think he's... <laughs> I think he feels bad at what he's done to himself, but like he's... He doesn't have... He doesn't possess the... The drive to change. It's weird. Yeah. He is sort of... Which makes him more... Like a raging bull, like he's brutish, like he's just like, oh no, I screwed up. But he doesn't have the facility to like keep himself from screwing up again. Right. Yeah, I mean, although he does go from like banging teenagers in the end to banging like a, you know, somebody his age, I guess. Yeah, <clears throat> that is true. After he gets out of jail, he is with that. <laughs> like older lounge singer, yeah, Lucy Forty Eights or whatever <laughs> she's called. This is uh, so weird. Um, so, uh, well, did you? Fi- so uh, we always talk about characters. There's really three main characters in this movie. It's it's him, Vicky, and his brother Joey. Yeah. What did you think of them? They're good. I really enjoyed Joe Pesci. In the film, it yeah. was fun seeing him turn down a little bit, not a ton, but he wasn't at eleven now playing that character. He was playing the kind of that same character, but it was like a five or six. Considering when the movie came out, it's more like he was being turned up, and they just filmed this, and then they kept turning him up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's was really good. I do like that you see the Joe Pesci that we now know from his future roles in his fight with uh, with Salvatore. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was like, oh, that looks like what we know Joe Pesci's acting like. Slamming his head in the door of the the car. Yeah. I mean, Joe, Joe Pesci was an actual, like, mob body man, so <laughs> that's not, like, playing against type for him. He has <laughs> notches in his belt. Oh, my second watch of this movie, I really liked Vicky. She was really good. Yeah. there. She knows how to... Because... She, 
the movie is showing us how Jake sees her, and I really like the way she plays that, like, just, just enough of a hint of, like, uh, I don't know, untrustworthiness, because she has to play it that way, because that's how Jake sees her. Right. So, even though I don't think there is anything untrustworthy about her. Yeah, no. She is just a she is a victim in this movie. Yeah, um, <laughs> clearly. But the actress has to play her for those scenes where he's looking at her. Yeah, with just enough, I don't know, coyness. I yeah. guess. Um, and I thought she did a really good job. I've never, I don't know that actress. I think her name's Kathy Moriarty. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know if anything else she's ever really done. She's done some stuff. I just didn't know her. Yeah, uh, something that was that I really liked from that scene is from uh, about that point was the scene where you get uh, uh, where they they go to the club, uh, Joey and his wife and Vicky and uh, Lamada, and Salvatore walks in, bumps into her and is like, "Hey, you should come by. Tommy's here. Come say hi." Is Joey here? And she goes to the bathroom and then she goes to the table, says hi to them. And then, like, comes back to Joey and, and Jake. And Jake Lamont is like, what? What was that? What happened? And she repeats everything literally the way that the characters just said it. Yeah. And it's like, you are, you are for the, I think, for the like the best example, like, a party to his psychosis and paranoia. Because he is interpreting this thing that we have now been shown twice to be exactly as it seems. And he's reading this subtext in it that just doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, do you have a specific scene that stands out in the movie that's most memorable? Uh, for me, it's the, the, uh, you never, you never knock me down, Ray. Oh, yeah. That felt, that, that felt to me like the Brad Pitt on top of Lou shaking his face in Fight Club. Uh, like the, that like craziness turned up to like yeah. 11, like kind of like the height of his... Um, self-destructive nature and insanity, just like. Plus, the way his face looks ghoulish. And oh, his scene. eyes are completely shut. They're sealed shut from swelling. Like, yeah. That's probably the <clears throat> the uh, two scenes of him like breaking. Were so out of character. Um, his two crying scenes. Yeah. Yeah. The After, second, the yeah, second yeah. one, much worse than the first. The one. first one is when really he's... only becomes effective when the trainer then starts crying. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm just like, oh man, yeah, he screwed it up for all of them. Yeah, but the second one is is incredible acting. Yeah, from De Niro in the in the jail cell. Yeah. Um. For me, it's probably I don't know. There's a lot of scenes in the movie that stand out, including all those that that y'all mentioned. Uh, for me, it still might be just his. His like mirror monologue at the end. Um, yeah, it's only because it's just like I don't know. There's just something so tragic about this guy, like thinking that he's just a real. I don't know. There's something so sad about him being. The, not that I feel bad for him. Not that kind of sad. Right. But just sort of pathetic. The yeah. waste of a human. Yeah. Yeah. About how he thinks he's killing that on the waterfront monologue that he's doing, mm-hmm. and he's just he's just reading words. Yeah, he's just reciting words. Um, it has to be a hard acting for a good actor to do, right? Yeah, I mean, De Niro probably loved on the waterfront, right? And it's like, <laughs> here's your chance, but you have to do it like Jake Lamotta would do it. Yeah. Um. Uh, performances were they award worthy in your opinion? Yeah, I think the uh, De Niro's performance is probably one of the greatest lead actor performances of all time. Yeah, he did win best actor. Good. <laughs> I know <laughs> Raging Bull. A lot of people feel like it did not get its its due at the Oscars, but uh, they at least got that right. Um, so I guess this was is this his only best actor that he's won. Um, De Niro. De- Hmm. Was it supporting for... He won supporting for Godfather 2. He's only got two. Okay. Um, I thought Joe Pesci was really, really good in this movie, too. Which you guys 
touched on earlier. He, he was also nominated. Oh, All three of them got nominated. That makes sense. Um, yeah, it only won two. It won here, and then Shoemaker won for editing. editing. And that's, if y'all don't know, on, on the other side of the mic, that's Scorsese's now like personal editor. Yeah. He's edited everything he's done since this. Yeah, and they kind of edit together. They sit in the yeah. editing bay, and they kind of cut everything up as a duo. Well, so the editing, um, did it strike you as award-worthy? Uh, yeah, because I didn't really notice it. You know what I mean? Like, well, see, I, I feel like I did only, be, and, and that's why I, I really liked it. Um, I think it's what makes the boxing scenes work for me, is the editing. Yeah. Because it's not, you're, you're right, it's not a typical boxing scene, the, those fights. Um, in fact, they don't really, it doesn't really feel like a sports movie, because it doesn't really feel like a boxing movie. The scenes of him in the ring are not sporting scenes to me very much. They feel more like him either taking out his aggression towards his wife or towards himself. Yeah. And all the flash bulbs. I don't know. I think that goes well with his sort of mental state of mind. Yeah, I guess I put a lot of that on the cinematography more than I did the editing. Yeah. There's a lot of cutting in those scenes. Yeah, it just never... Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's still hard as, like, non-filmmakers to know what is right. what. Like, I mean... I just thought both were great, both editing and cinematography. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they didn't fuck up the cuts. But that is, does... I don't know how to translate that to a word-worthiness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it didn't look like shit. Right. Um, anything else? The sound was uh, pretty squishy and... <laughs> In uh, some of the self-flagellation scenes, yeah, yeah. but pretty gross. Also, you can tell the sound is uh, when he's getting he's trying to get Joey to hit him. The yeah. sound, the sound really cuts in when Joey finally <laughs> slugs him. Yeah, the weird scene too. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just that was crazy. Seeing, seeing through the end of the movie, it's like, oh, he wasn't trying to prove a point. He just wanted to he get wanted, his ass kicked real yeah. quick. Yeah, he needed to get beat up right now. Yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of Scorsese's like early movies too have like Catholic overtones too. So it's about like like self punishment and whatnot. Yeah, and that's also Paul Schrader. Paul Schrader's into that too. <laughs> so I'm guessing there's a bit of that in this movie as well that they didn't really make it overt, but I would imagine that Jake LaMotta is Catholic. I would I would also guess that. <laughs> if so, he's something, he's that. Right. <laughs> um, okay, of those involved with the movie, is this uh, anybody's number one achievement? Is this... Uh, I mean, a lot of people consider this Scorsese's best movie. It's... Uh, not quite there for me, but it's it is probably top five to seven or so. I think I prefer Taxi Driver to this movie um, for both of the people, main people in it. I think that Joe Pesci is, in my opinion, hands down, My Cousin Vinny is his number one. No, no jokes. I think My Cousin Vinny is He's phenomenal Joe Pesci. Yeah. Brent's um, a big fan. I love that movie. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I think Scorsese's better in Taxi Driver and so is De Niro. I think I like Taxi Driver better as a movie and I think I prefer De Niro here. I would agree. This is just a like a yeah. Mount Rushmore leading performance. Yeah, I would agree. For me. I think he's fantastic at Taxi Driver. I do think Taxi Driver's a better movie. Um this probably wouldn't hit my top five Scorsese movies. Um, well, it's definitely not in my top five like favorite to watch. Well, no, just period. I mean, but this is this is a better movie, I think, than like Wolf of Wall Street. But I would rather watch Wolf of Wall Street. I probably. I don't know, man. This movie felt like De Niro like hundred percent to me. I just don't. I don't know. It's it's funny. De Niro and Schrader is probably second. Yeah. Scorsese's just so down the list for what this movie did. Nothing, right. sh- sh- you know, struck me as like incredible. It's filmmaking. Cool. There's like one scene in his last fight in the ring, and it's the iconic like uh, 
shot of him, it's like crystal clear when he's pretty much decides he's about to let Sugar Ray just beat his ass. Yeah, when he's up against the ropes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very, like, symmetric shot and zooming in on him. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a matter of taste because it's, if you, if the, or preference, if the fight scenes don't work for you, then you're going to bump Scorsese a lot lower. Because I thought, I like, I think I like the boxing scenes more in this than most boxing movies. They just weren't boxing scenes. Maybe I mean, that's why, I, maybe that's why I liked it more. Yeah. Because so it felt when, more personal to and the fighter. when AFI puts this as their best sports movie of all time, like. It shouldn't be on the list for me. Well, I mean, it's definitely a sports movie. I'm. I mean, the boxing is like ninety percent of the plot. I'm no, I know it's not, but I mean, that's like saying Field of Dreams isn't either. You know what I mean? So what is like, Rudy. like just Major League? Like, yeah, is Rudy not a sports movie? It's definitely not about football. I don't know. It's just hard. Like, I, I, I'm not saying I'm right. You're wrong. I'm saying yeah, it's tricky, but you can leave the. You know, I felt like they didn't either. They didn't commit one way or the other with the boxing. Yeah, for me. Yeah, I think they, they they shot the boxing to prove the point, or not to prove the point, but to fit the purposes of the character's needs more than shooting the boxing to shoot a fight scene well. Yes, I do. And I think the best boxing scenes were the ones that did that. But they also showed 12 scenes where he beat the shit out of somebody. Yeah, and that's that's the most Scorsese part to me, is that like... That bit between like 1945 and 1948, the like quick montage, the, the montage of all of his fights, that felt the most irrelevant to me, because I don't think it matters that he rises to the point where he can become a contender, because we've already been given the, or we are about to be given the rules that he's got to throw a fight to play, basically like play in this corrupt organization right. to get a title fight anyway. Right. Um, and so then all of these fights of him, like, I, it doesn't really seem, it seems like they were like, oh wait, that's right, this is like, the boxing is a sport that we need to pay lip service to. Yeah, and, the, and right, and those were also not good, and they weren't trying to serve a purpose there of, you know, him punishing himself yeah I think I think I think that I understand the reason why they're there I think it's because they need to balance because you've got the the first fight he loses honest against Jimmy Reeves at the beginning of the movie Mm -hmm. and he loses that fight in a decision and it's contested and the crowd fucking hates it Um, and then you've got as far as major important fights then you've got the fight that he throws then you've got his final fight with Sugar Ray and if those are the three fights you get then you get three that he loses Maybe you include the the one in the middle where he beats Sugar Ray clean. And then, if you have those four fights, you might watch this movie and go, oh, Jake LaMotta was a shitty boxer. Who was a shitty boxer who threw a fight to get a shot at a title and got lucky. That's or, true. You have to establish what he's throwing away. Right. And so, you know, when you sh- when you include that montage, you you do. You, you say, like, oh, well, this is a sport. He was a good athlete and he did well. But I also feel like because I'm not an idiot, I don't need that. Like, right, right, right. I, I can go into any movie and assume that, like... You know, people, I, I know that name for some reason. Yeah. It must have been good. This person performing at the, like, top of whatever that sports competition platform is is probably good at it. Yeah. Right. And those scenes just still, even like, like I said, those where it's not showing something that's not boxing, I think, is the point of the scene, mm-hmm. which is the case when he's losing. Yeah. Um, we're still just, I don't know, worse than Rocky. Yeah. It did, you know it did, what I mean? Yeah, it did lead to my my favorite joke is when after he throws the fight and he doesn't go down, he makes he he throws it on a TKO and Joe Pesci's like, "Look, give me your hand, give me your hand." And he like presses his face and he goes like, "Look, how hard is that?" Yeah. <laughs> Instead, of, he was helping the other guy to his feet. Yeah, yeah. God, he was a bum. Um, the other fight that really tapped him. The, the other fight that stands out to me in that movie though is also the one where he uh, almost murders Joe Pesci. <laughs> No, oh no! Well, the boxing match—the only okay. other boxing match that that stands out to me, because oh my god, the apartment fights are nearly I, as brutal like, yeah. as the yeah. boxing ring. But the 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 other boxing match is the one where he's fighting the guy that his wife said is has a good face. Oh, he oh. just destroys his face, and then uh, yeah. you get the mob boss who's like, "He ain't pretty no more." Yeah. After that fight's over. By the way, real quick, 
Did you recognize the mob boss? Do you know what else you know him from? No. No. He is coached from Cheers. <laughs> oh, okay, I did. Yeah. I thought I knew him. Yeah. I, I, I do remember thinking that. I also saw a super young John Turturro. Did anybody else see that? No. <laughs> he was just sitting at a table in the Copacabana. <laughs> like the table that they go sit at in the back. Yeah. He's yeah. one of the people sitting there. That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, coach, that's a... That's a no, big, I totally thought big change that's funny. to coach when like it's like two three years later. Yeah, this is when Cheers came out. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah, boy, the the apartment fights are the ones that are hardest to watch for me. I was telling Chris before you got here this morning, Brent, that I thought like I knew that Joey Lamada doesn't die, but during that scene, I was like, he's gonna die. <laughs> when he broke through the glass, I was like, he's about to get stabbed by some glass. It's it just yeah. felt so like visceral. When he takes him through the glass and then drags him back oh, out through fuck. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you get tennis. And then <laughs> years later, he's turned into Tony Shaloub by the end of the movie. Oh my god. He looks exactly <laughs> Shaloub takes a drastic turn. Yeah. <laughs> we found him reaching <laughs> point. I was really confused at, at first. I, I never this is both times I've watched the movie, I did not recognize Joe uh, Joe Pesci in that scene at, at the beginning when he's following him. I was like why is he so interested in Tony Shalhoub? Why is he following man, him? I thought for a second it wasn't Joe Pesci. Yeah. And that that was going to be what happened. Yeah. But right. man, Cassandra like hit her face in her clothes and like, Ugh! Audible when he was just like, just give me a kiss. Just give me a kiss. Yeah. Over and over again to his brother. It was hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I think his neighbor had it right. He's an animal. He, even in yeah, his they like... tell us. They spoil the movie he, for us. Even in his like... Most, right there in the beginning. In, like, title... Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they, they spoil it because he does end up eating that dog <laughs> this post credit scene <laughs> um, what about so you've got is you, you said you would have this De Niro performance over Taxi Driver is it your top De Niro performance that you've seen probably yeah full disclosure haven't seen Godfather 2 he's good in it it's, it's about this this okay. is yeah this I'm re- just this requires. Feel like I should say that. I would put Taxi Driver over that as well. Okay. This requires those two movies require so much more, you know, range. Right. Than than Godfather Two, but um. <clears throat> okay. What's next? Is this movie financially successful? No, it was black and white, 1980, and uh. Uh yeah, was not apparently marketed at all, and. They and was the one thing that did come out early was that it was very violent, and so it had like a really weak box office yeah. showing. Twenty three million in the states over a eighteen million dollar budget. Yeah, I think Box Office Mojo has it total at twenty five million like worldwide, and that's bad. Um, it's surprisingly bad. Like like someone dropped the ball on this. Some somebody got fired so bad that Martin Scorsese was worried about the future of his career. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I mean, The Irishman was... If The Irishman were were coming to theaters tomorrow, theaters would be sold out already. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just on the the basis of De Niro Scorsese. It's another classic one where uh, critics... I feel like this is just... It's like Rolling Stone with albums where some critics... Hated this movie when it came out because of how violent it was. Yeah, and then put it on their like put it at the top of their best of the decade list at yeah. the end of the nineteen eighties. Yeah, it's a, um, Pinkerton. Yeah, Weezer's album. Yeah, That's what Rolling Stones. Um, Worst albums in ninety six. Best album in ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Important film history. I mean, I think in a very weird way. Yeah, I think Scorsese thought this was going to be his last feature. Yeah, um, probably because he thought he was going to die <laughs> pretty soon. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I think some work went into that that maybe wouldn't have if he didn't think it was the end of the road for him. I know a lot of filmmakers consider this like one of the best edited movies of all time. Yeah. So for people getting into the business, this is probably a even bigger deal. Um, yeah, like I said, it's like some next level editing too. It's something, the stuff that you can't really see. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> there's a. It's 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 fun trying to find like 
scholarly discussion about this movie and like find like the Scorsese touch and it's not his touch that yeah. anyone talks about. Right. Schoonmaker. Yeah. This is her. Yeah. She is the the two the two Oscar award winners are the two big stars of the movie, yeah. Yeah. so to speak. Oscars get it right from yeah. now, like from time to time. <laughs> yeah. This is certainly one of those times. Right. Um Uh, <laughs> I think it's like a 50 pound dog on a dog bed built for a 10 pound dog <laughs> yeah snoring away yeah has the film aged well yeah uh, yeah it doesn't seem that is the one thing that black and white cheats yeah is not just film quality but also like it's uh, a message in a bottle it, it is yep it persists also so does the subject matter so does the fact that it's that it's period you know yeah. yeah, and also it you know they use uh, the f word, the derogatory f word, a lot in this movie, but it is not in a like a jocular way, no. not in a fun way. No, in a way meant to demean homosexuals, right? So where people feel like they need to defend it when somebody says that. <laughs> so that actually ages better to me than like the use of the word in like I don't know a lot of eighties like buddy comedies. Right. Where yeah. it, And like, fucking Revenge of the Nerds or whatever. Right. Yeah. Because um, that feels a little like, I think I watched Slapshot a couple of years ago and I was a little, <laughs> I was I was like, Ooh, they, they're using this word a lot. And they don't. I mean, I guess some people might think the, the age gap problems, the, how young Vicky is and how young the girls are at the end is, are, and it is a problem. I'm not saying it's not, but I'm saying that that was... It, they do a good job of not being like, that's taboo, but it just feels taboo. Like, it's so bad that you just fucking know right. that it's bad. It's not like anybody's saying it's okay or it was even okay at the time. It's yeah. so drastic from being, you know, so far from okay. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not saying it's okay, but in 1942 when he notices Vicky, like... She probably, like, years before was, like, working in a factory. Yeah, it's also, it's that, like, Italian mob neighborhood life in New York. It's, it's, people, it, it wasn't uncommon. Yeah, young, young, young women bordering on girls got promised to older men way before Their goal was to get married. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Yui, but yeah, that's why the conversation about like who's Vicky, like who she go with, and he's like goes with no one. It's like who does she know? He's he, like she knows everyone. Everyone knows her. Yeah. Also, like, fuck, it's real. Really happened. Fucking her when she was fifteen. Yeah. It's so, yeah. Don't feel good about it. Yeah, but it's not put in the movie for any reason other than yeah, what it was. Same right. with like Joey Lamata, like being like a racist and using. Racial slurs against black boxers. Yeah. You know. That's not there because Scorsese celebrates it. Sure. It's just happened. Nothing is celebrated in this movie. <laughs> no. This is not a movie of celebration, which no. is good. The only thing that was it knows celebrated... Its tone. The only thing that was celebrated, and like the one reprieve that I get in this movie, is when Joey and Salvatore apologize to each other with uh, the mob boss. That felt... Like an honest human connection, even though I know that it's like a bullshit apology. Yeah, like, right. Like, I mean, Salvatore's got like a, a cut going down his face, like permanent facial scarring from the beatdown that he got over someone that both of them are going to soon not give a fuck about. Right. But that still felt like almost like in a weird way, it gave me those feelings of like, oh, this is a family. <laughs> yeah. The way that like the mob would kind of entrance people. Right. But I really like It's that. funny how much like. Complete bullshit happens over Vicky in this movie. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, some poor boxer nearly gets murdered because of someone he's never met. Yeah, just yeah. saying he had a pretty face. Uh, that scene where Sally is—he comes to the apartment and uh, he's saying bye. He just came to see people, and he just like gives Vicky a kiss on the cheek or something. Yeah, and the the movie slows down. It goes into slow motion so because it looks like they're like making out almost. because you're seeing how Jake sees it. Yeah, yeah. It gives you a vis- uh, like a look into his mind in that scene where there's you, some editing that's really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's you you get you see his face where he's it just has the deadest look on his face. Where yeah, he's just like 
Yeah, there she goes. She's probably fucking him. Yeah, it's the same as like the, the crash. It's not a crash zoom, but it's like a crash cut to a close up of Joey and Vicky when they kiss on the lips. Yeah, before they and he's fixing the TV. Yeah, you just see like the look on his face as he stops and just like stares at both of them. To me, those are like De Niro's best moments in the movie too. Are um, because you can just see the jealousy eating away at him from the inside when he just keeps when he starts asking her questions. It's when he's asking Vicky questions like, hey, uh, what, what do you mean? What do you mean he has a pretty face? What do you mean by that? Why would you say that? You know, and and she, she'll, she'll just. He's so know. calm about it. Yeah. That's yeah. what's so weird. Yeah. Is that he does have this like abrupt turn into a raging bull. Yeah. But until then, he's just like, just kiss her on the cheek. Is the cheek enough for you? Is that fun? Yeah. Like, Why would you throw yourself in there with him? Are you fucking my wife? He's just so calm about it. Anytime in this movie where he gets fixated on anything that happened in social interaction, it's just overwhelming dread just washes over me. Because he's like, literally turns into a bull and runs in his brother's house and almost murders him. Yeah. (laughs) That scene was shot really well. Yeah. Yeah. Coming down the hallway. That long tracking shot from the hallway all the way through. Oh my god, you see him coming for so long and they don't. It's awful. Okay. Well, I think it's time to vote. Vote, 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 vote. <laughs> uh, anybody want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. I've had the least to say on this podcast, um, so I'll just go first and take the easy uh, strokes when considering this. I'm a yes. I think that this is a, a great outing by Scorsese's team, even if not necessarily my favorite Scorsese film. And I think that it is an iconic performance by uh, De Niro that um, when we talk about um, is this his best work? Uh, this feels like the kind of actor and performance where it's fine for a couple of his movies to be up there because we've already climbed so high to start recognizing how good this role is mm-hmm. that the ones that we climb over top of to get here or the ones that we still have yet to see that are above are all just in this phenomenal upper echelon that is kind of uh, a touchstone for great acting. And so that's why I'm an easy yes. Yeah, I can piggyback on that a little bit, too. It's probably outside of my top five for Scorsese. Um, that alone might get a movie in. Uh, number six on the list of Martin Scorsese movies might be enough. But uh, none of that matters, because it's a top five uh, lead actor performance of all time. Easy for me. And that alone is enough um, for a movie to be so painful and just make you feel like shit to watch. I would watch it again because De Niro is so fucking good. Yep. It puts uh, on a clinic. Yeah. So, I mean, you you truly forget it's him at times. You get to see a lot of t- really talented filmmakers and actors do a lot of their best work in this movie. And um, you're right. It's not a pleasant movie to watch. But I still... Really enjoy. Enjoy is the wrong word, but I still find the watch rewarding as a movie watcher. As a movie watcher, yeah, because of absolutely. Its, and also, I feel like Scorsese does really nail down the um, or Schrader or whoever uh, they Schoon Schoonmaker. What's yeah, her name? Schoonmaker. Yeah, Schoonmaker. I, I do Schoonmaker. Yeah, uh, yeah. What Chris said, I think, is kind of what you're saying, and kind of what I was saying too. And it would, something that wasn't said yet on this podcast, but the Scorsese team. Yeah, uh, fucking phenomenal work, and they nail the. I think this is a. If people talk about character studies, I think this is near the top for me because it is just a, it is a, aptly titled movie about a raging bull, in the ring and maybe more so outside of it. Mm. Almost definitely more so outside of it. Yeah, and we're getting to that time of year again where we have to talk about the difference between sound mixing and sound editing and what do we award reward directors for um and this feels like one of those movies where you just can't fucking know like the some of the shots are great but it doesn't it's not like a like a Roma or a Revenant or a you know something like that but he had his hand in the script as did like Bob De Niro and he had his hand in editing and he had his hand you know he was behind the camera and he had his hand in sound mixing and sound editing. Right. So, like, this is really just like, you know, it's from what I've read about Scorsese, it makes sense. It's when he takes on a movie, he takes on a movie. Yeah, and, you know, it was... And the, the fact of him thinking this was probably his last major motion picture. 
It probably helped him a little bit. Yeah. Be involved in everything. And I'm glad it wasn't. <laughs> well, it gets in on a, a clean sweep, 3-0. Not surprising. No, I, I was uh, pretty sure going into a rewatch that I would I would already vote for it. Yeah, it felt like one of those movies where it's like, okay, if we vote this down, I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> I don't know what the talk of fame does. Yeah, I, I, I came into the movie not having seen it, but having seen the first like, 15, 20 minutes, I think... Uh, Starting That's just the opening credits where he's dancing in the ring. That's where he's bouncing. <laughs> yeah, shot's cool too. It is a really good shot, and it goes on for a very long time. But I went into it looking at the movie as a whole, and then at a certain point, I started just looking for flaws. And yeah, there's really not much to see. Not, not many. You're watching. Yeah, I did get real confused in those opening credits when I looked up. I was looking at my phone, and I looked up to watch the movie, and it was like Joey Joe Pesci. And I was like, wait a minute, is his real name Joey? <laughs> his nickname is Joe? That seems stupid. His, his full name is Joseph Josephine Pesci. <laughs> so you know, you went by Joey Joe at the time. Joey Joe. Yeah, that is an odd way of displaying that. Yeah. That also took me a second to be like, wait, what? Yeah. Joey Joe Pesci? Joey Joe Pesci? Because I forgot he, his character was Joey. Right. Well, cool. Anything else? Uh... Well, just uh, you, you mentioned this might not be in your top five. Scorsese, what, do you know what that would be? Uh, yeah, I'm higher on a lot of these. I mean, uh, The Departed is up there. Uh, Gangs of New York is probably my favorite. I know I'm higher on that than you are anyway, Brent. Um, for me, it's probably Taxi Driver and Goodfellas. Taxi Driver and Goodfellas are both better for me. Um, there are also movies that I think are like four and a half, five star movies that I that are like like Shutter Island I think is fucking great you know what I mean Shutter Island is an interesting movie because I think that movie is way better after you know the ending I think it's better on a rewatch than it was the first time I watched it because I found the mystery of Shutter Island to be a little disappointing Mm -hmm. and I find the general aesthetic of a rewatch of of Shutter Island knowing knowing for sure what the story is I found it to be way more effective which is an odd movie to be a mystery um, I need to see a lot of these I need to rewatch Casino I need to rewatch Gangs of New York I like Casino a lot those are good movies fucking um, Hugo is great Hugo is really good uh, I'm a I know y'all haven't seen it and I would have uh, pr- prescribed it I would have uh, assigned <laughs> it um, the king of comedy is um Kind of similar in that De Niro plays someone unhinged and someone who thinks he's way funnier than he is. I feel like the end of Raging Bull is kind of a, just a little taste of what King of Comedy will be. Um, Let's see. There's Cape Fear too. He kind of plays the same like unhinged. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you can see Cape Fear on Stars right now. It's available, so I might watch that. Yeah, Cape Fear's good. I don't think I've seen Cape Fear. It's either, the thing either Cape Fear with Scorsese. Like my top eight films are like everything after Taxi Driver and Goodfellas is probably and Good Games of New York for me is probably like Todd. There's like seven movies there that are all fucking incredible. Right. That feels petulant trying to put them in some kind of order. You know well, what I mean? Well, you're a petulant child. I am. Yeah, I did watch. Uh, also. That? The fucking The Last Waltz. I feel like oh, it's cheating, but yes. goddamn, that's probably the best documentary, my favorite documentary of all time. And in the credits, it said for Raging Bull, uh, Robbie Robertson or arranged the uh, the music. The soundtrack. He does that for a lot of Scorsese movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, I watched uh, I watched Scorsese's first movie uh, prep for this, nineteen sixty seven. It was like a half student film uh-huh. made with. Uh, so at the end of this movie, the, before the credits roll, you see the uh, the biblical quotes, yeah, and then you see the uh, like in memoriam of a right. That was his uh, film teacher, film right? teacher, yeah. And that guy kind of oversaw the making, uh, along with Scorsese, of the uh, Who's That Knocking at My Door? Okay, which is a it's an okay movie. It's uh, Harvey Keitel starring in a movie in the sixties. Oh, neat, yeah. And uh, it's about a Catholic guy, a young man who uh, spends most of his free time like uh, getting into like f- 
fights that don't really lead anywhere, and then like drinking and having fun and hanging out with his buddies. He meets a girl, kind of starts falling in love with her, and then finds out that um, she had been raped, okay. and he can't get over the pat the fact that he thinks she's impure because of that. Sounds like a riot. Yeah, it's a it's a sounds like a Scorsese plot. It's pretty, yeah, <laughs> yeah, very much more of the the Catholic. <clears throat> I don't know issues in that movie. Um, I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it, but it it is an interesting little taste of uh, you can you can definitely see some Scorsese. It feels like a Scorsese movie uh, in in the sixties, which is interesting, but. Um, yeah, Mean Streets is another movie that a lot of people have high on their list that I've 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 seen, but I don't uh, I didn't really connect with it a whole lot when yeah. I saw it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, definitely looking forward to The Irishman. Yeah, for sure. Because I don't know the last time he did him. I guess The Departed is well, no, Wolf of Wall Street is the last movie of his that I was really amped up for. You weren't super amped up for Silence. I wasn't. <laughs> Although Chris, you said Silence you is a good. Movie. Good. Yeah, I've just gotta find the time. <laughs> yeah, the day. It's two and a half hours long, and it's real good, but it's not exciting to watch. Yeah. So, anyway, well, welcome to the Talk of Fame, Raging Bull. Yeah, your best award. Try, try not to knock the plates off the shelves when you're in the kitchen. God, that line infuriated me more than I thought it would. Why you yes. got your plates so that they'll fall off? Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> it's like, while he's doing the dumbest fucking thing he could possibly do. I saw that next scene coming. And I was like, why didn't you just bring me the belt? <laughs> I asked you, for the belt. Why didn't you break all the jewels off this belt? Yeah. Again, he's a dumb animal. Yeah. Skipping homework, right? Yeah, we're going to skip homework. We're going to assign it at some point. It'll be in the next few Facebook weeks. Yeah. By the time you hear this, you'll already know. Yeah, <laughs> we got a busy fall coming up, so we're uh, I'll take a little break, but there'll be podcast up weekly. Yep. Still. Uh, anybody got anything else? Nope. Take us out, Breezy. That's it. This is Talking Talk. Thanks for listening. You can check out our website, Media by Us. You can find our Facebook groups if you just look hard enough. And uh, you can uh, rate and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. That would be very helpful. Please. And uh, give us some feedback sometime. Tell us what we should watch. Yeah. I hadn't done that in a while. Okay. Uh, thanks, Willow Walkers. Thanks, Burifa. Willow Walkers, Burifa. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town, slow pokes, long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know All the things that I know